This is a fabulous day. A couple of visitors here today, the Roths, moved up here from Hudsonville to northern Michigan. They get hooked on the colors, as we all do, but wait, it gets even better because you know what comes next. I didn't say it. <laughs> yes, spring will be here eventually. This is a day that we've set aside uh, after our services and after our potluck dinner today that we're going to go take a color tour. I told Jack, way to pick just the right time. The colors are peaking, and it is going to be a beautiful trip, and I hope that you'll decide to stay with us and, and take the caravan as we travel through, I believe we're going up Lelanau Peninsula. Any direction we're going to go is going to be fabulous, so looking forward to that. Some of you may know that I do like the good old days. But as they say, nostalgia is not what it used to be. I'm going to let that one sink in for a moment. I'll wait for the laughter to die down. Now that the laughter has died down and you on camera have missed that, <laughs> the passage today, I like to think that, as Paul said, we like to preach the whole, the whole word of God. And I think of this passage here in verse 16, which the title of today's sermon is, The Heart That Follows the Old Paths. And I think of how often I'll get to preach this passage. And I would love to preach it many, many more times, but in my lifetime, I may only get a chance to preach it twice, three times, because there are so many other passages that we need to focus on. But this is one of my favorite passages, not because I'm looking forward to the good old days, there's an oxymoron, but that the message that is contained within there, I have a little note beside this that I sat in Phil Sanders' class, Phil Sanders being from the search program, I sat in his class once as he taught this chapter and it was everything that I hoped it would be. And sometimes we, we have the misguided notion when we talk about, boy, we would like to live in the good old days. I'm not sure that all of us really grasp what all that entails. I think of growing up, and I was the first generation in my family to live in a house that had indoor plumbing. And we still had the old, I'll just call it the outhouse. We still had the outhouse next to our house. And I remember that glorious day when my mother decided she was going to burn it down because we had indoor plumbing finally. And we think of the old days, I think, well, how many of us would like outdoor plumbing again? No, no, I guess we're not going to go for that. All the ravages that go with the old days. Anybody would like the polio epidemic to come back? About the plague, the Spanish flu from 1917. No, there are aspects of the good old days that there's a part of our brain, and it has been said that we never forget anything except where our keys are at, but that's a different subject. But our brain really never forgets anything. But the older we get, the more that the good old days from our youth seem to be 
fondly remembered. Although when I was sitting in class, that second hand on the clock as I watched it, it would go one click. And then five minutes would go by and the second would go on to the next click. And another five. That's just what it seemed like. But now that I look back, it's gone by. Let's see if I can get that click. Just like that. A snap of the fingers. As Jeremiah, who wrote 600 years before Jesus, and he preached for about 50 years, from about 639 B.C. to 586. And he saw that decline of Judah until they were taken away into captivity. But God gives him the words that he is going to speak. And if you're following along in the outline that is tucked away neatly in our bulletin, as I divide this up into five easy pieces for us to digest. And here in verse 16, the first words are, Thus says the Lord. Some of your versions might say it a little bit differently. Some of the newer versions might say, And the Lord said. But it's, Thus says the Lord. By my count, according to my concordance, 451 times in the Old Testament, that term specifically is used. Thus says the Lord. Translated from Hebrew. 150 times. One third of those times are found right here in the book of Jeremiah. Thus says the Lord. As we go back to some familiar scenes from the Old Testament in Exodus chapter 4 as Moses is, is there at the burning bush and he's receiving his instructions from the Lord. Chapter 4 and verse 22, then you shall say to Pharaoh, thus says the Lord. That command that comes directly from God, thus says the Lord. You don't have to worry about anything that you're going to say because I'm going to give you everything to say. Say that Ezekiel, Daniel, all of those, he was going to give them everything that they would say. For they were moved by the Holy Spirit exactly as we have our New Testament today. Thus says the Lord. In Joshua chapter 7, verse 13, Get up, consecrate the people, and say, Consecrate yourselves for tomorrow, for thus says the Lord, the God of Israel. That command, as Joshua is giving them their commands, it wasn't just Joshua that was saying, it was the God of Israel. Thus says the Lord. In the book of Judges, the Lord sent a prophet to the people of Israel, and he said to them, Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel. And it's so important to remember that what we have in our word is thus says the Lord. In a day and age to where this is rather a byword, it's well, it's a good book, but we have people that are much smarter today. We have scientists that can do all sorts of things. We're much smarter than those people who wrote the book. Those are the people we are going to follow today. But not you and I. You and I will go by, thus says the Lord. Every directive that we practice today, we go back and say, 
book, chapter, and verse. Oh, and that seems so antiquated, doesn't it? It seems so old-fashioned. Those old-fashioned people that, oh, they're going to follow the Word of God. No. Thus says the Lord for all that we do, book, chapter, and verse. Thus says the Lord as Jeremiah talks to the people. And within the context, if we look at, as we look at the exegesis, what we read from in this passage, as Jeremiah is talking to the people of Israel, and the people of Israel are caught up in their own sins. And if we backed up that one verse in verse 15, were they ashamed when they committed abominations? No, they were not at all ashamed. They did not even know how to blush. Aren't you glad that in our society today that we don't live like that in the United States? I'm waiting for the laughter to die down. That was a little practice at tongue-in-chief humor. Nothing is off limits in our society we live around. We don't even seem to know how to blush in our country today. And not just our country, but the world Therefore, they shall fall among those who fall. At the time that I punish them, they shall be overthrown. But here's what he beckons them here in verse 16. Thus says the Lord. The Lord tells them here. He says in the next part, Stand by the road and look. Beckoning them. He's really... This one actually goes into that part where it says to ask. It's stand. Take account of where you're at. Deuteronomy chapter 32 and verse 7. Wilma sent out a nice email this week talking about those speeches of Moses. And this is one of those that Moses says, Remember the days of old. Consider the years of many generations. Ask your father. And he will show you, your elders, and they will tell you. Here, Jeremiah says, stand in the road. Look around you. Consider the condition that you are in. That same beckoning that God told Abraham in Genesis chapter 15 and verse 5. And he brought him outside and said, Look toward heaven and number the stars, if you were able to number them. So shall your offspring be. Take a look. Look around you. Consider. You're taking that moment to not just smell the roses, but to take account of where you're at, the direction you're going, and the direction that you have been. The psalmist, David, in Psalm 8, verse 3 says, When I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is man that you are mindful of him, and the son of man that you care for him? David looked around him. When I consider everything that is out there, and we have a telescope that has gone up recently, the James Webb, that is going to see even further. They'd like to see back to the beginning of time. Good luck with that. At the very least, we are going to see spectacular images of outer space, which all beckons exactly as David had said. When I consider all of these, what are we little puny humans that you care for us so much? David considered it. 
He looked around himself and came to those conclusions. The third part is, ask for the ancient paths, where the good way is. We tend to think that the days that we live in are so much better, and they are in many ways. I don't know as I would want to ride in some of the old vehicles. I love old cars, but I kind of stuck on air conditioning. And I'm kind of stuck on power brakes. And I'm kind of stuck on automatic transmissions. And I, I like having clean water. I, I just like all of those things. But God isn't telling them to go backwards in their life. But he's telling them to go to a place where the good way is. As they have taken account to where they're at, and as they had seen those words that, well, maybe we aren't, we don't even know how to blush anymore but there's a better way that God is going to beckon them. In 2 Chronicles, we talk about that, that term of, of asking. When I think of, of asking, my mind immediately goes to Solomon. And Solomon as a younger man who is going to rule Israel. In the night, in 2 Chronicles 1-7, God appeared to Solomon and said, Ask what I shall give you. As the new king, Solomon could ask for whatever he wanted. And if you're familiar with that passage, you know what Solomon asked for. He asked for wisdom to guide this nation. And God was pleased. He said, you could have asked for many things. The lives of your enemies, wealth and riches. But you didn't. You asked for wisdom. And because you asked for that, I'm going to give you everything else. God is that way. He wants us. He begs us to ask him for things. In a messianic prophecy in Psalm chapter 2 and verses 7 through 9, I will tell of the degree, the Lord said to me, you are my son today, I've begotten you. Ask of me, and I will make the nations your heritage, and the ends of the earth your possession. You shall break them with a rod of iron and dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel. A prophecy of what Jesus would inherit, that he would rule the nations. And I think of what Jesus told those on the Sermon of the Mount. The same message is true for us today. Matthew chapter 7, beginning in verse 7. Ask. Ask, and it might be given to you. Ask, and I wish you good luck. This isn't wish in one hand and spit in the other. This is ask, and it will be given you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, the one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks, it will be opened. Oh, maybe that was just Jesus speaking. What did James say? James 1, verse 5. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to some, most, or all? Which one would you like it to be? All. It's exactly what he says. Gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. But let him ask in faith. Ask for the ancient paths where the good way is. Consider, we've looked around and saw a nation that blushes. We've looked around and 
we see people that say there is a philosophy today that will guide us more than this word, but it's thus says the Lord. And now we see that we can ask, and there's a good way for us. Walk in the ancient paths. Walk in it. Walk in those ancient paths. The next chapter in Jeremiah, chapter 7, beginning in verse 23. But this command I gave them, Obey my voice, and I will be your God, and you shall be my people, and walk in all the way that I command you, that it may be well with you. But they did not obey or incline their ear, but walked in their own counsels and stubbornness of their evil hearts and went backward and not forward. It's hard to imagine that people given the choice of being able to walk in a way that is good or choosing a way that is going to be their own destruction. Fortunate we are to live at a time where we have always made the right choices. I'll wait for the laughter to die down again, of course. Nothing has changed. Or as they say, the more things change, the more they stay the same. We are no different today than 2,600 years ago. People make bad choices. Isaiah said by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, Isaiah chapter 2 and verse 5, O house of Jacob, come, let us walk in the light of the Lord. The light of the Lord. Nine years old, the Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, I am God Almighty, El Shaddai. Walk before me and be blameless, that I may make my covenant between me and you and may multiply you greatly. The promises given to, at that time he was called Abram, later would be called Abraham. Walk before me and be blameless. I think of what Paul wrote of that beautiful picture of the transformation that we have as Christians when we are baptized. In Romans chapter 6 and verse 4, we were buried therefore with him by baptism into the death, into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. Walk in newness of life. An amazing picture. And as a result of seeking out those ancient paths where the way is good, here's the reward for this. You will find rest for your souls in the ancient paths. Stand by the roads. Look and ask for the ancient paths where the good way is and walk in it and find rest for your souls. I just want to stop for a minute and hear that baby. Just a lovely sound. You will find rest for your souls. Over and over, Jeremiah, through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, begs them to come back. Return, O faithless sons, I will heal your faithlessness, he says in Jeremiah 3.22. Isaiah chapter 30 and verse 15. For thus said the Lord God, the Holy One of Israel, in returning and rest you shall be saved, in quietness and in trust shall be your strength. 
but you were unwilling. You see, a hundred years before, Isaiah gives the same message. Return to the Lord to find rest. But you were unwilling. And that would be a study all its own if we were to look through the Old Testament of all the times that they were beckoned to come back, begged. Jesus said, Matthew chapter 11, beginning of verse 28, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And over and over, we see that they were unwilling to do it. What is it in the human heart that people find that they are unwilling to return to the Lord or even come to the Lord knowing that they will find rest for their souls? In Matthew chapter 22, beginning in verse 1, Jesus speaks to them again in a parable. The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who gave a wedding feast for his son and sent his servants to call those who were invited to the wedding feast, but they would not come. And that's a prophecy of, of Israel at that point. The wedding feast was the son who had been prophesied to come all the way back to, really from eternity, but the first promise that we have written is that which takes place in Genesis 3, 15. That from your seed, from your seed, looking ahead, but they would not come. I recently ran across a, an, interesting, an interesting graphic. People change in four different seasons. And consider this in light of Jeremiah chapter 6 and verse 16. People change when they hurt enough that they have to. And we can certainly see that with Israel and Judah. And yet they were unwilling to change and themselves went into captivity. The second, people change when they see enough they are inspired to. Many people change when they saw the power of Jesus in his day, when they see enough. People change when they learn enough they want to. And the gospel has that ability. God's word has that ability to reach into one's heart. You see, you don't have to be all the way on the bottom of the barrel, digging your own and read and understand he gave his only son were you and I. Number four, people change when they receive enough. They are able to. Perhaps one of the most obscure ones. So which one of those are you today who has heard from the Word of God that there is a better path to follow? Have you reached rock bottom stop digging as we always say have you seen enough from the word of God have you heard enough from the word of God 
Unfortunately for Judah, no matter how much God begged them through his prophets, read at the end of 2 Kings and 2 Chronicles, and you see the end. Over and over, God sends his prophets until there was no remedy. Surely, in our day and age, we need not get to that point in our lives that we would walk into destruction. Surely, we see from the examples over and over in the Old Testament and New Testament that there is a better path to walk. And Jesus begs them and us, come to me all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Are you tired of trying to do it all on your own? There is a much better way to do it. Let God bear your burdens. Let him bear your sins through his son. For that's the reason that he came. He came to seek and save that which was lost. And we are all lost at one point in our lives until we take advantage of that blood-bought sacrifice. And by faith and believing the gospel that is preached, that Jesus died for our sins, and saying, I now declare that Jesus, I confess that he is my Lord, King, and Master. And repenting and saying, there's a better path. And submitting to the watery grave of baptism, where we will arise to walk in newness of life. Which way sounds better to you? The path that Israel chose or the path that God wanted them? Without choice. God does not compel you and I. He doesn't force his way into our hearts. But he gently beckons. And I gently beckon this day. If there's anything that we can do for you or any changes you need to make this day, why not do it today while time and opportunity afford themselves? As together we stand and sing. I can hear my